How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is the Lake Show. Steve Thompson in for Henry Lake. Chris Tubbs alongside Henry is back tomorrow night on a Friday night. Twin season comes to an end. The wild Open their season uh, with Florida tonight. The Wolves get started later this month. The Loons kind of limping along. Uh, outside chance to get into the postseason. Bikes and Bears coming up on Sunday. Golden Gopher football idle this week after just getting hammered by Michigan. So there's that. And by the way, Chris Tubbs sitting in on college football final. On Saturday, Jonathan Lowe will be in. Josh Wheeler will be there. Chris Tubbs uh, on college football final this Saturday. I get the big chair for you, Steve. Yeah, uh, rare Saturday off. Rare breather. I got to clean the gutters. (laughs) Um, And you know what? With all this rain coming in, I should have cleaned the gutters earlier in the week is what I should have done. Quite a bit of rain on radar. That trend will continue through the night tonight, no watches, no warnings, just windy and rainy, as you heard uh, a moment ago. Let's go outdoors. Steve Carney, join us. Uh, Steve Carney, outdoors.com. Talking to him on the weekends for years here. And, uh, Steve, let, let, let's start uh, and talk turkey a little bit. Yeah, let's talk a little turkey. Uh, good evening, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of a good week. Um, yeah, I've been out there in the field, and I really got, you know, very lucky on a big tom turkey this week. And, you know, fall turkey hunting is not like spring turkey hunting. You know, in the spring you try to call them in, and it's kind of a, you know, slow-going ordeal. But in the fall, uh, we have about a month where we can chase uh, turkeys, you know, either sex. You can take either one. And my strategies the last few years is just to kind of catch them moving, you know, out in the open. And, you know, turkeys tend to gang up at this time of the fall, and there'll be six, eight, ten of them in a group. And usually when I see them working on a tree line or going down a fence line, the trick is to kind of get ahead of them, maybe a 1,000 yards, uh, 1,500 yards, and, you know, try to be there when they get to you instead of chasing after them. And 
this is probably my fourth attempt, I think, in the last few days, and I finally made it work. And I actually did the belly crawl for about 200 yards to get down Whoa. this uh, tree, tree line. And, boy, it worked out. I had a, about a dozen really beautiful toms, big mature toms, burst out of the tree line and was very fortunate to uh, take a wonderful turkey. So, yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, and you you got the photo to prove it, and you you, you always you always share the proof, man. That that you paid your dues for that turkey, Steve. You know I did, and Steve, I'll tell you <laughs> when when you have twelve or fifteen, whatever it was, you know, mature turkeys, you know, busting up into the air. It's like a prison break. They're all going. There's feathers and there's legs, and everything is just you know exploding into the sky, and it's quite an experience and. Um, you know, a lot of times it doesn't work, but sometimes you pull it off. So uh, very fortunate to have that uh, done. You know, a couple more weeks left of the season, so I'm glad I got it done. Yeah, and uh, we, we, we certainly have uh, more fall-like weather. Um, l- let's maybe talk a little angling. Uh, still a little early for that uh, vaunted fall bite. Steve, believe it or not, the last couple days since I talked to you last Saturday, the fishing has been lights out, and I think it is officially on. Um, I had a really good week on the water uh, this week, the last two, three days. Water temperatures are about 54, 55, and I do believe it is on, and the crappies are going, the walleyes are going, a lot of the game fish are moving shallow, so finally... After, you know, we've been talking about this for a month and a half. It's on. Game is on. And it's just going to get better and better as we get into the fall. And this cold weather coming in is good. This rain coming in, boy, I hope it rains for three days. We really need it. Um, So it's all looking good. And, you know, the deer in the woods, it's been kind of a tough couple of weeks. They've been uh, moving really late at night. Not a lot of activity going on. But, the pre-rut uh, will be starting here. You're going to start seeing uh, a lot of scrapes and rubs in the next week or 10 days, and we're going to get to the best time of the fall to be in a deer stand, and that'll be from about the 15th till the firearm season opens on November 3rd. So a lot of stuff happening, even ducks. Ducks are okay, not great, but a lot of things going on. All right, pheasant hunt. Typically you like the pheasant hunt later in the year. Yeah, you know, everybody's talking about what are the numbers, what are the numbers. I don't think anybody really knows yet. Um, I'm not seeing really any evidence um, on the gravel roads and the places I travel that I've been seeing birds. I think it's a little too early yet. You know, the corn harvest is probably about a third done right now. There's still soybeans out in the field. It's really hard to tell, but I'd give it about two or three weeks when they get the crops down. Then we'll have a really good good idea on the bird numbers. You know, they can predict, you know, anything they want, and that's those are paper birds. Those aren't real birds. So once we get out on the field, we'll know, and it could be, you know, surprising. It, you, you just don't know, but, you know, we'll see in about two or three weeks. Steve Carney joining us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Join me for years on the weekends. He's here on a Saturday night, uh, Steve in, or a Thursday night, uh, Steve in for Henry on this Thursday night. By the way, Henry back on a Friday night uh, to close it out between 6 and 9 here on News Talk 830 WCCR. All right, Steve, where are you going to be in the coming week? I, I know that, you, you, that there's a, not enough hours in the day for you. I know, Steve. Actually, today's my rest day. My body is really barking after this week, and but it's a good kind of tired, and um 
I'm going to be kind of targeting ducks in the morning, and um, we're, we had a little bit of a push of some uh, birds coming in from the northwest this past week, and they're pretty much migrated past. And so now I'm going to wait for a new little surge of birds to come down, keep the bow hunting thing going, and um, fishing is still going. So yeah, it's uh, it's that time of the year, Steve. We've talked about before. There's so much going on. There just isn't enough hours in the day, but you got to work with what you got. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again a little over a week from now. Hey, sounds great, Steve. Have fun on your vacation. Yeah, there he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Joining us here, News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Once again, uh, a photo of a big turkey, and you, you listen to that that story of what he had to go through to, to get a shot at that turkey. That, that's uh uh, quite a story for sure. When we come back, motorsports in the spotlight. Uh, the NASCAR playoffs are heating up. Reed Spencer, NASCAR Wire Service, uh, joins us. And uh, we are down to uh, the final eight. Uh, they'll be in Vegas this weekend, then Homestead. They'll close it out at Martinsville. Then they'll whittle it down to four and go to Phoenix and decide a championship. We'll get into all of that with our good friend Reed Spencer in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Henry Scott tonight off. He'll be back tomorrow night on a Friday night here at News Talk. 830-WCCO. Looks like a rainy Friday. Some rain in the area tonight. And that sent a lot of high school football teams scrambling as things are winding down rapidly. Uh, Week 7 already in high school football. And then MEA week with games on 
uh, Wednesday, Thursday next week, and then it's already on to the playoffs. It's crazy how quick things have gone. Boys and girls soccer already into playoff time. Speaking of playoffs, NASCAR uh, deep into the playoffs. We're to the round of eight. They'll be in Las Vegas this weekend. Very popular stop on the circuit. And Reed Spencer joins us from NASCAR Wire Service on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline tonight. Hey, Reed, uh, good to visit with you. I hope you're doing well. Absolutely, Steve. Good to visit with you, too. Yeah, here we are. Uh, Things kind of reset going into this uh, round of eight, if you will, in three races to determine which four will move on to Phoenix and run for a championship down in the desert. Uh, William Byron on top, but it's not a huge advantage. Things really, in a way, do reset, and that makes it fun. Yeah, absolutely right. And, of course, the greatest beneficiary of that as he was in the last round, Martin Truex Jr., who basically got his 36 playoff points back despite having a best finish in the six playoff races so far of 17th. Um, basically, the regular season championship has kept Truex alive for the first two rounds of the playoffs, but it's going to get a lot harder for him unless he uh, ups his game here in the next one. And William... You know, I, I think you've got to look at William as a potential favorite for the championship this year because, A, he's starting out with 41 playoff points. He has a 20-point edge over the cut line, and he won at both Las Vegas and Phoenix back-to-back earlier in the season. So, you know, I'm looking at him as uh, a guy who's got a lot of momentum going into the, to the round of eight and then probably into the championship four. Yeah, it, but in this format, anything can happen, a DNF, and all of a sudden, you know, even a driver who's had a phenomenal year like William Byron in that legendary Hendrick Motorsports number 24 can all of a sudden be in huge trouble. That That's absolutely true. I mean, in, anything can happen in the playoffs and, and certainly has so far. Um, you know, I think, you know, Kyle Busch getting booted out after the last round was not on my card going in. But, you know, he had very bad races at Texas and Talladega, and that doomed him. And he couldn't uh, couldn't pull it out with a third-place finish at the Charlotte Roval this past Sunday. So, um, but yes, I I think that you've got to look with this next-gen car. um, You know, it's pretty darn reliable. And... At Las Vegas, I think Byron has a really good chance to win that race again. And I would look at the guys who also have had speed on the mile and a half, and that would include Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson as well. Um, Truex thinks the tracks are good for him, but like I said, he has to do better than 17th place finish on average in order to uh, advance to the last round of the playoffs. So William Byron, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Chris Buescher, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney are your eight. Those are the only eight at the moment that have a chance to win the championship. And another thing about this format, it makes it super easy. Uh, one of these drivers wins in Las Vegas. That They know they're going to Phoenix and running for a championship. And and that's that's another great thing about the format. You get that win, you're in. Oh, absolutely, and and we were talking about this the other day. The other thing that it gives you is the ability 
to look past Homestead and Martinsville and prepare for Phoenix and put all of your concentration and all your all of your energy in that last race if you win the opener in the round of eight at Las Vegas. Um, it's a huge advantage. Um, it's an advantage that Joey Logano parlayed into the championship last year after starting off the season not um, not spectacularly, but he used that win at Vegas in order to prepare for Phoenix and had the fastest car there and and won the title. So, you know, yes, the, the win is means everything, and you can fully expect playoff drivers probably to win all three of the round of eight races. So you're only going to have one guy getting in on points. Um, in all of these drivers, you got two Hendrick drivers, three Gibbs drivers, uh, a Penske driver. Um, those are the big names in NASCAR and and those teams have been so dominant over the years. Can, uh, can, uh, Chris Buescher or Tyler Reddick find a way to get it done and win a title? Well, I, I, I would look at Tyler Reddick because Tyler Reddick um, ran the wall at Homestead to two Xfinity Series championships back-to-back. He loves to run the outside wall there. The track sets up for him beautifully. He has speed there, and he he benefits from sharing all the Joe Gibbs racing information. Uh, They get together as a group, the Toyota drivers do, in competition meetings, and so I would look at Tyler Reddick as having a distinct possibility to win that Homestead race and to advance. And, you know, he's had good speed periodically throughout the season. And 23XI Racing is, has shown itself to be a competitor. So Reddick would be the guy that I would pick to come for, from the outside of those juggernaut teams and, and perhaps get to the championship four. Let's let's talk a little bit about the tracks that remain. Uh, two intermediates, Las Vegas, and then Homestead. Very different tracks, however, but still intermediate in in length. And then Martinsville, uh, great old short track, and then of course Phoenix, still considered a, and races like a short track. Reed, and absolutely, and and Phoenix does use the short track package because. Yeah. Um, it's it's below a mile and a quarter, and NASCAR uses the lower horsepower than they've had there in the past, uh, which is something that the drivers would like to see change. They would like to see a little more oomph in the cars, but but that's not to be this year anyway. But uh, so basically, you end with two two tracks, Martinsville and Phoenix, that use the short track competition package. You've got the two intermediates, and as you say, they are very different from each other. Uh, Las Vegas is a pretty narrow track. It's one where the pavement has had a chance to age for a while. Uh, Tire wear is a factor there. Um, But then you've got Homestead with graduated banking where a driver can run the wall all the way around the track and get huge momentum up in the top lane. And that's really what distinguishes Homestead. And that's why the uh, drivers like to race there so much because it's got multiple available racing lines and the top is very, very workable. Yeah. And as, as we move through the next three and then ultimately get to Phoenix in the championship, um, 
is there a sense that they like this configuration over the final four races of the year? Is is everyone pretty happy, or or do you think that there there could be a change down the road? Well, I, I think both drivers and we in the media would like to see the championship race move around. Um, Phoenix has not produced scintillating racing over the last few years, and although NASCAR is testing and working diligently to try to improve the performance on the so-called short tracks. Um, It hasn't come to fruition yet. Since they've reconfigured Phoenix, it has not produced tremendous racing in the final race. Um, Mm. You know, generally, you know, other than the Xfinity race um, between Austin Sendrick and Daniel Hemrick, that Hemrick won by just a few feet, um, Aside from that, in the Xfinity series, the cup cars have not produced great action or, or great drama at Phoenix. And I think I think everybody pretty much would like to see it move around in the future. And I, I know NASCAR has been very willing to uh, move around and experiment with the schedule. Could that be in the cards in the next few years where they do change it up and, and maybe rotate it? Phoenix, great market for NASCAR. It's a terrific draw. The The, the weather is very reliable. Uh, would still probably be a part of the playoffs, but uh, may, Homestead Miami, you, you brought that up. That used to host a championship race. Yeah, that, that's true. And and the, the thing about it is, is typically um, the championship race and the location – is done on a multi-year contract. So, um, as I recall, Homestead was a five-year deal with with Ford to sponsor the races and a five-year option, and so that's why they was at Homestead constantly for so long. Um, Phoenix, I don't think, has a lengthy deal like that, but um, NASCAR likes the fact that the weather is consistently dry and that they've been selling out the stadium, selling out the, the track for the uh, championship race. So, you know, those are all things that argue in favor of Phoenix. But, you know, like you say, I would like to see it move. And given NASCAR's propensity for moving tracks around and changing the schedule uh, based on necessity, I think that's definitely a possibility. And I don't think I've talked to you since the Iowa announcement, uh, speaking of our neck of the woods here in the upper Midwest, about uh, NASCAR Cup show uh, coming to Iowa. That, that 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 was kind of fun to, to hear that rumor float around. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, Iowa is it's great to have another short track on the schedule like that, assuming that they get the package improved a little bit. But Iowa has always been very yeah. racy. It's it's a it's a different length for a NASCAR track, seven eight seven eighths of a mile, and so it you know it's one that I, I'm looking forward to seeing the racing there. Um, it popped up onto the schedule because NASCAR could not get together um, a deal to race at Montreal, which was the number one choice. Um, yeah. You know they they've had issues with trying to get Montreal squared away. F1 is there, and F1 wants the track repaved as soon as their race is over and and that was part of the issue but and they've had issues with the promoter there but uh iowa turned up as a very good substitute when they couldn't get a montreal deal together yeah and i i I know motorsports fans here in minnesota and the upper midwest are very 
excited about that. And there's a lot of great motorsports fans in this part of the world. So a chance to just head down the road to Iowa Speedway. That, that That's going to be very good stuff. So I, yeah, I, 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 one piece of advice there is to book your hotel in advance because right. there are not many hotels near the track. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You want to get in there early, but I I, I think there'll be uh, a lot of Minnesota plates uh, in the lot at Iowa Speedway when that show. And and I'm sure you saw that when NASCAR was at Road America in Wisconsin. There's a lot of great motorsports fans in this part of the world, and uh, that that is definitely a good thing. And I've heard a lot of folks already making plans to head down there. One last thing, Reed, before we let you go tonight, and that is Las Vegas, the next stop on the circuit. This this has become a very uh, important place for NASCAR. Uh, it, Las Vegas is really a big deal. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And it has taken on an even greater import now that you've got Formula One gearing up to race there as well. So, you know, it, it has become... Uh, really a racing destination, two races on the NASCAR circuit, one very early in the season and the other and to lead off really the, the, the critical round of eight in the playoffs. Plus, it's a destination. You can go there and you can stay the week and play golf, do whatever you want to, gamble. Um, you know, there's nothing not to recommend Las Vegas uh, as far as a racing destination goes. Are you going to bring the clubs, or is it just a working trip? Oh, it's, for us, for us, Vegas is primarily working trip. We have brought the clubs in the past right. <laughs> at various times, but uh, but the last couple of times we've been out there, we have not um, we have not had the time to play golf. All right. Well, Reed, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the update on the playoffs. We're we're down to the last eight, and the next stop is Las Vegas, and it's on to Homestead, Miami. Of course, it's Martinsville, and then the, the top four head to the championship in Phoenix in November. Have a good evening, Reed. You too, Steve. Good to be with you. All right, there he is, Reed Spencer, NASCAR Wire Service, joining us here. News Talk 830 WCCO will have the weather, and then we'll we'll take a look out there with our good friend Stephen Clark from Ars Technica. He covers space flight, so we'll step away from sports following the weather here on News Talk 830 WCCO. We're going to head out there. Yeah, that's right, outer space. Stephen Clark uh, joins us. He's a, a cover space flight for Ars Technica. Stephen, good to visit with you. I hope you're doing well. Doing great. Great to be on your show again, Steve. Yeah, good to visit with you. Uh, big launch of a uh, another probe ha- has been delayed by weather. Tell us a little bit more what's going on there. Yeah, it's certainly the biggest uh, launch uh, in, in, a, in a few weeks down here at least. Uh, this launch is carrying the Psyche mission. It's a mission uh, managed by NASA that happens to be going to an asteroid also named Psyche. So uh, if I confuse your listeners with the references to Psyche, there's the Psyche mission and the Psyche asteroid. Anyway, the Psyche mission uh, is scheduled to launch currently now tomorrow morning. It'll be at 9.19 a.m. Central Time, uh, local time there for your listeners in Minnesota, uh, on board a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket. So this is uh, SpaceX's uh, heavy lift vehicle, uh, three Falcon 9 rockets uh, strapped together. 
uh, 5 million pounds of thrust, and uh, you'll see the two boosters on each side of the rocket come back to land here at Cape Canaveral a few minutes after the launch. So it'll be a, a spectacular show. Uh, right now the weather is still iffy for the launch tomorrow. It's supposed to happen today, uh, but the weather was pretty atrocious here in Florida uh, throughout the day today. It's supposed to be a little better tomorrow. They're going to make a go of it to hope that, in hopes that the weather uh, improves. But just uh, a, a minute on this mission, uh, the Psyche mission is uh, going off to, into the asteroid belt. It'll be about a five-and-a-half-year journey to the asteroid Psyche, which has been uh, never been explored before. Uh, the best pictures we have of this asteroid, it's about the size of the state of Massachusetts. It's just a fuzzy blob through a telescope. Uh, this mission will be going up, uh, parking itself right next to the asteroid. And this asteroid is uh, primarily composed of iron and nickel and other uh, rare metals. So this is a very unusual asteroid of the thousands of asteroids that uh, scientists have discovered. They only know of nine that are enriched in metals like Psyche, and Psyche is the biggest of that group. So it'll be a, a type of uh, asteroid, a type of object that no one has ever seen up close before. There could be all sorts of exotic uh, topography, and it could look really weird, frankly. It could be a very bizarre shape with cliffs and uh, spires and all sorts of things on this asteroid, but we won't know until uh, 2029 when this mission gets there. Yeah, and Stephen, when you talk about mining asteroids, et cetera, and science fiction, but there are big dreams to be able to mine asteroids like this because, let's face it, um, an asteroid made out of these types of metals and, and maybe there's some rare metals that could be used back on Earth. I mean, you could be talking about billions, trillions of dollars in value if you're able to get to and, and mine these metals and bring them back to Earth or bring them to a base on the moon or Mars, whatever, in the distant future. Um, big, big money there. Yeah, it sure is, Steve. And uh, lots of entrepreneurs, the scientists, have had kind of that in the back of their minds uh, over the uh, last couple of decades when, uh, since we've known that these types of asteroids exist out there that are enriched in these uh, metals. And uh, so... This mission is not uh, going to be testing any of the technology that would be needed to mine the asteroid. It's kind of just a, a reconnaissance mission in that sense to go out to this asteroid and see uh, what it looks like, see, uh, you know, uh, some of these entrepreneurs who want to have start a business and build a business case on mining asteroids, I'm sure will be eagerly watching uh, the results from the Saki mission to see, you know, how accessible some of these metals might be for a future mission to go try to grab a piece of the asteroid and bring it back to earth for uh, uh you know for business purposes but uh yeah this mission is primarily though just a, a reconnaissance mission to go see uh what the asteroid looks like exactly what it's made of they have an idea you know that it's iron and nickel primarily but they don't know what other metals um may be uh, you know exposed on the surface the you know some of the entrepreneurs and, and people who have the ideas of mining asteroids think they want to go mine a platinum, for example, from an asteroid. Uh, we know this asteroid is not primarily composed of platinum, but we don't know for sure if there could be trace amounts or small amounts of platinum on the surface of this asteroid, but Psyche will find out. Stephen Clark joining us from Ars Technica and joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Stephen for Henry tonight here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Um, you brought up Falcon Heavy, and that will launch uh, the Psyche.
probe to the asteroid psyche. Um, and you did a piece that, that talked about how the role of this system continues to grow. And there is the thought that, you know, eventually Falcon 9 or Falcon Heavy would be retired as, as soon as Starship becomes uh, available, the gigantic rocket system that's being developed by SpaceX down in Texas. But the reality is that there there's a lot of projects booked on these rockets, and it's going to be operational for the foreseeable future. You're exactly right. I think the Falcon Heavy will probably be in service uh, at least through the rest of the decade, uh, if not longer, uh, while SpaceX ramps up the, the Starship program uh, to get that a new, even larger rocket operational. So, yeah, Falcon Heavy, this will be the eighth flight of a Falcon Heavy. Uh, so it's kind of getting into a pace right now where it's past the early test flight phase. It's now you know, a fully operational vehicle, and uh, you know NASA is a pretty risk-averse organization in terms of taking a necessary risk. Uh, you know, with an unproven rocket, for example, uh, and this will be the first time NASA has used a Falcon Heavy rocket to launch one of their big uh, payloads or one of one of a kind missions. Psyche, for example, costs over a billion dollars to develop, so they want to put that billion-dollar asset on a proven vehicle, which the Falcon Heavy now is. And yeah, NASA has a has a commitment to the Falcon Heavy now for at least five more or at least five missions, including Psyche, over the course of the next three years or so. And uh, next year the Falcon Heavy will be launching a NASA probe to Europa, uh, the moon of Jupiter that has an ocean underneath an icy shell that may harbor uh, an environment that could be uh, conducive for life. Uh, that's a very interesting mission launching a year from now. And then uh, later on in the decade, NASA will be launching a, a big telescope called the Roman Telescope, which is kind of a, the next uh, big NASA uh, space telescope after Hubble and then the James Webb Telescope. The next one is Roman, and that'll be launching uh, around 2027 on a Falcon Heavy as well. But yeah, the Falcon Heavy is, is becoming a workhorse uh, for, for NASA and also the uh, Department of Defense. The military is using this uh, rocket to put up spy satellites as well. And it doesn't launch nearly as often as the Falcon 9. Falcon 9's launched, I think, 260-plus times now. This is just the eighth Falcon Heavy. But for these kind of unique, uh, really uh, big missions, the Falcon Heavy is well-suited for that. Yeah, and it, it is one of those systems that is relatively affordable because ultimately they can bring those stages back, those, especially the outside booster first stage, uh, the the cost is relatively reasonable, and it can lift large payloads into orbit. Now, once again, Starship will be a game changer, but they haven't reached orbit yet, and we'll, we'll see maybe this fall if if they do. Exactly right. The the Starship uh, rocket will be able to lift uh, 150 metric tons, just for reference, of payload into orbit into low Earth orbit. Falcon Heavy, just for comparison, we're talking about 64 tons. So the Starship will be able to carry twice as much payload into orbit than the Falcon Heavy. Uh, The difference with Starship also is it's designed to be fully reusable, whereas the Falcon Heavy is only partially reusable. The top part of the rocket, the upper stage, is uh, just still a disposable single-use part of the vehicle. But, yeah, the Starship... uh, is uh, getting ready for another flight down in Texas. Uh, right now it's being held up uh, mainly by a review from the Federal Aviation Administration on uh, 
some of the changes and upgrades that SpaceX has made to the launch pad and to the rocket itself since its first uh, flight back in April, um, kind of flew off course and ended up exploding about three or four minutes after launch. Um, so a review of that uh, uh, accident is underway by the Federal Aviation Administration, and we're waiting on word from the FAA on when they'll give the green light for SpaceX to try again. I haven't heard anything uh, recently on that. Uh, the last thing I heard uh, back, uh, I guess, two weeks ago now was the FAA expected to have that done by the end of October, but we're now almost halfway through October, so I'm expecting probably some news on that in the next week or so. Yeah, and uh, it is one of those things that that'll be quite a show. I know you've been down there and and, and seen uh, the the super heavy booster and the Starship itself uh, on the pad, and uh, if they do make orbit, and it and it sounds like with the modifications they've made and some of the things they've done, they're reasonably optimistic that they actually could get to orbit but there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of flights to be made before humans would ever make that trip oh yeah no no doubt about that steve probably hundreds if not thousands of starship flights before uh, anybody actually gets on board for a launch on starship but uh yeah they've made lots of spacex moves fast uh, in terms of making modifications and uh and changes and tweaks since that first launch they've uh, completely redesign how the first and second stages of the rocket separate. Uh, that there's a major design change. Uh, they're actually going to use what they call a uh, hot staging technique on this second flight, which wasn't uh, used on the first flight. And uh, it's kind of an unusual way to separate the two parts of the rocket a couple of minutes after launch, because the first part comes back to Earth and lands and uh, is recovered and eventually reused. Uh, the upper part of the rocket continues on into orbit to put its payload into space. When those uh, segments separate, uh, the way SpaceX is going to do it now going forward with Starship, the engines on that second stage of the rocket, the Starship uh, vehicle, will actually ignite while it's they're still attached to the booster down below. Uh, so that's going to be uh, uh, really fascinating to see how that works out. They've designed some vents around the rocket to try to uh, make sure the the rocket isn't damaged by that big blast of uh, hot exhaust from the uh, engines while they light, while the rocket is still attached to the booster. So uh, it's going to be very, very exciting, as SpaceX has said before, excitement guaranteed. <laughs> they said that going into the first launch, and I think that still holds going into flight two. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that that happens before the end of the year. Very well could, but uh, right now it's up to the government to give the okay. Stephen, always good to visit with you. Once again, I invite people to go to Ars Technica and uh, read Stephen's article posted just a few days ago about SpaceX Falcon Heavy Rocket is about to become a workhorse for NASA. Uh, Very interesting piece. Uh, Stephen, thank you. Thank you, Steve. All right, Stephen Clark. From Ars Technica joining us. Quick break. We'll put a wrap on it. Steve in for Henry. Chris Tubbs alongside here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. It has gone quick. The Lake Show. Steve in for Henry. Henry right back uh, tomorrow night with Chris Tubbs. Uh, Thursday night football. Kansas City leading Denver. Oh, the Broncos are bad. 13-0 early in the third. Chris and I share a theory about it. Kansas City's just kind of like we're 4-1. and one. They'll be 5-1 and one after tonight. 
They don't need to blow people out. No. You know, they, they beat the Jets. They take care of the Vikes. They, what, what they care about, getting through the regular season, get a home field advantage, and then make another run. They, they kind of remind you of the Golden State Warriors in the NBA, don't you? Don't they? Yeah, They're just they, kind of like you, you, they sleepwalk through the, you know, they sleepwalk yeah. through the regular season and then they go. They're, they're they're good enough to just get it done. They'll be five and one after uh, tonight. By the way, Wild up two zero over the Florida Panthers. Uh, they've they still got a shot to go eighty two and zero. It's the home opener tonight. I like the and way you think, Steve. <laughs> Phillies lead the Braves two to one. That game in the six. Big thanks to Chris Tubbs. Big thanks to you for tuning in. I'm Steve Thompson. Have a good night. We have the news and John Dickerson on the way next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.